Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Good to be back with all of our listeners once again. So thankful to have this opportunity for us to be together and again dig a little deeper into God's Word, learn a little bit more about what His Word really has to say to each of us for our individual and personal lives. We're thankful for all of our listeners. It's so encouraging to hear from our listeners as we do on a regular basis. Many of you have actually come and from the Omaha area have actually come and visited with us, kind of checked us out, and many have stayed and continued to study and even find a church home here. We're so thankful for that. Others have contacted us by phone or by snail mail or email. Many have requested the free Bible study that we always offer and even some of the CDs that we offer. And again, always for free. We take care of the postage. And uh, we'll tell you how to contact us and ask for those materials at the end of the program today, as we always do. And again, we never charge anybody to teach them God's Word. So you can receive that free Bible study. You can receive a copy of today's program on CD absolutely for free, and we'll take care of the postage. So have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and you can jot down that information in just a little while. We also appreciate hearing from people who tell us we listen to your program all the time. Now, that's not to build us up and give us a big head, but we're thankful that God is being glorified by people listening to his word being taught on a regular basis and that they're enjoying that and growing spiritually and in their faith thereby. We're thankful for that. Now, we're also thankful for those who are new listeners. There are always the new listeners out there. Our prayer and our hope is that if you're listening for the very first time, or maybe you've listened a couple of times already, that very quickly you'll come to recognize that what we do in the program is exactly what the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We do indeed dig deep into God's Word. We look at those scriptures and what their teachings are in depth and in detail, but we try to get across what they're saying to us in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for our everyday lives. We want to help you come closer to God. We want to help you grow in your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. And so the best thing that we can do to help you get to heaven is to teach you God's word accurately and effectively and in more depth and detail. We want to help you be with God for all of eternity. Now, if you ever have any questions about anything or thoughts about anything that you hear in the program, again, jot down that information as to how to contact us at the end of the program, and uh, we would be glad to hear from you. And those in the Omaha area, we'd be glad for you to come again and check us out in person, as, as a great many people have done and continue to do. Our prayers truly are with you, and our prayers are for you. And we do indeed pray for you. We're going to close our study on the church today, the church being a spiritual hospital for sick souls. We've been looking at this particular study in some depth and detail for some time now. The church indeed is a spiritual hospital for sick souls. That is in contrast to what a great many people think about the church. There are a whole lot of people, multitudes and multitudes of people, who think that they can walk with Christ without being a part of his church. 
or without having to be actively engaged with his church. Now that's a lie from the devil. And I don't mean that as an insult. I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I mean that is exactly what it is. It is a lie from the devil. Remember that God sent Christ to this earth as the Savior. And in Matthew chapter 16, as Jesus was speaking to his apostles on that occasion, he said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the powers of death, shall not prevail against it or keep it from being built. He came with a mission to bring the gospel message of salvation to mankind and to die on that cross as the Savior in that message, to pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that through him we can have forgiveness, we can be redeemed, we can be brought back into a right relationship with God the Father, that's called reconciliation, we can be saved. Jesus came for that purpose, and he indicated that the church is central in that purpose and in that mission, his establishing the church. Now, some people may still say, I don't believe that. Well, again, we looked at Acts chapter 2 in verse 47, where the text tells us that the Lord, and this is shortly after Pentecost, the church was established on that day in Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 came into existence. Those who received that gospel message proclaimed by Peter and the rest of the apostles, they asked, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of that chapter, verse 47, it says, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, it does not take a rocket scientist to figure out that if the Lord adds to the church daily those who are being saved, that the church is where the saved are. And that if I want to be saved, then I'm going to have to be in the Lord's church. Because if I come to salvation through him, he's going to add me to his church. And I can't take a careless attitude or perspective about the church because that's where I'm supposed to be if I'm in a state of salvation. Or that's where I need to be if I want to come to salvation through him. Again, Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. Now that may bother a lot of people, but that's simply what God's word says to us. And we cannot change God's word and be right with God at the same time. We cannot change the message of salvation and still be in a state of salvation before God. Now, we may want to be able to do it our way, but we're not God. God has given us his way. And as the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the message of salvation or has the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So God's way is the only way. And now, again, as we noted, it is in Christ 
where we find forgiveness and salvation and eternal life. In no one else. There is no other Savior. As the apostles noted in, in, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, John 14 and verse 6. It is only through Jesus as our Savior, and all spiritual blessings are available in Christ and only in Christ, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, and we are made righteous in him, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. And the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6 and verse 23. Now we come into Christ through baptism, Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, and Galatians 3 and verse 27 tells us that we are baptized into Christ. Now, baptized into Christ... And remember that it is only in Christ where we are saved. How, how do we understand that? Well, at least from one perspective, and a very important perspective, and here it comes back to the church again, remember that the Lord added to the church, or adds to the church daily those who come to salvation. Acts 2 and verse 47. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 18, and again in Colossians 1 and verse 24. And again in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, we're told that the church is the body of Christ. Now, you understand then, it's pretty easy to understand how all of that fits together. We're baptized into Christ, and he adds us to his church, which is his body. And so being in Christ is part of being in his church. And being in his church is absolutely essential to being in Christ. He adds those who come to salvation to his church. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, as Jesus was ready to ascend back to heaven, after his resurrection... And after appearing to hundreds and hundreds of people as the risen Savior for a period of 40 days, he tells the apostles, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, you come to salvation then as you're baptized into Christ and he adds you to his church, which is his body. It all fits together beautifully and it is easy to understand. Obeying and living by the teachings of God's word is key to our salvation because his word teaches us how to come to salvation in Christ, how to be a part of his body, which is his church. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, if you abide in my word or my teachings, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And in John 17, 17, he identified the truth as being God's word. And Paul echoed that in his 
statement to the elders in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, and also in writing to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, that it is through the scriptures, their knowledge of the scriptures, and their obedience to those teachings of the scriptures that we come to salvation. God's word of truth is described as the gospel of your salvation, Ephesians 1 and verse 13. And Peter wrote that our souls are purified, that we are born again through God's word, 1 Peter 1, verses 22 and 23. Now here's where the church figures into this whole scenario. Most people are lost. I'm not being mean, I'm not being cold, and not being hard-hearted by making that statement. I am simply repeating what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. He said most people are going down the wrong road. They're not going down that straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life, the way of truth, because truth is narrow. Now, I know that in our cultural thinking right now, we want truth to be you know, wide open, as wide as the skies, whatever we want to believe, however we feel good about However, our mind might change from moment to moment or day to day. We want that to be truth, but that's not what truth really is. And so Jesus described the way to eternal life, the way to heaven, as being a straight and narrow path, and that is the pathway of truth. Matthew 7 and verse 13. And he said, there are few who find it. Well, most people, again, want to go their own way. And then in verse 14, he said, there's a broad way, no holds barred. Do whatever you want. Make up your own rules. But he says that's the way to destruction or eternal condemnation in hell. And he even went on a few verses down from there in Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 21. And he said that there are going to be people who believe in him, who call him Lord and think they've done good works in his name, who he's going to say, I never knew you never knew you. Depart from me, you who work lawlessness or you evildoers, because they had not followed him God's way. They had not followed God's will and taken his lead. The world is under the condemnation of sin. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 again says the wages of sin is death. Now, it also goes on and says, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But we've got to come to him his way. We can't just make it up. We can't just decide how we want to come to God or how we want to come to our Savior. We've got to follow his instructions. We've got to follow the guidebook, so to speak. You don't decide you're going to leave Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, you're going to go to New York City by driving west from Omaha. <laughs> or south, or due north, you're going to have to take that route that will lead you in a northeast direction to New York City. You can't just make it up on your own. You've got to go the path that will lead you to New York City. Well, you can't make up your own path to get to heaven. You've got to follow God's direction. Now, the church is the house of God, and Paul puts it this way, 
I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Now, he's not talking about the church building. That's just a building where the church meets. But he says, how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, remember that it is the truth that will set us free from the condemnation and guilt of sin. The church stands upon the truth. The church is supported by the truth, and the church upholds the truth, and the church communicates the truth. It teaches the truth of God's word, the gospel of salvation. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8, Paul says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then drop down to verse 10. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We stand upon the truth. We uphold the truth. We communicate the truth that will set mankind free. It's not our truth. It's the truth of God. It's the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he brought to this earth when he came here. And it is the truth that Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world and preach that gospel truth. And if people who believe and are baptized, they will be saved. And those who do not believe shall be condemned. Mark 16, 15, and 16. And that going out and teaching that truth, the truth of God's word, is exactly what we find the church doing in the early days of its existence, what we're supposed to be about and what we're supposed to be doing right now. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 42, we read about the church, and daily in the temple and in every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Well, of course, because the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. That's what we're supposed to be about, and that's what we're supposed to be proclaiming to a world that is lost and dying spiritually. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse 21, well, let's go back to verse 20. Paul says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Oh, we think we're pretty hot stuff as mankind in this world right now, don't we? We think we have become really smart and really educated, really intellectual. And so many people think they're so smart that they don't need to believe in God anymore. They don't need to believe in the Savior anymore. They don't need to have anything to do with the church that the Savior left heaven and came to this earth to establish on this earth. Oh, but what does it say again? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom, its own wisdom, I believe we're to understand there, did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. The foolishness of the message preached. Well, again, many people think, I don't need to listen to 
sermons. I don't need to go to church. I don't need that kind of teaching. I don't need that Bible stuff. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Oh God, had Jesus established the church on this earth so that the saved would have a home here on this earth and from which they could look forward to an eternal home with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit in heaven and also the church established here so that it could teach people about salvation in Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, Paul said, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Oh, we, the church, need to teach people how they can be made new. So many people are out there struggling, suffering. feeling lost, something's missing from their lives because they're not walking with God. Now, they don't necessarily understand that to be the reason right then. They're searching, they're groping, but they're looking in the wrong places. But through Christ, you can find that new chance. You can become that new person that Paul talked about in Again, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That old life of unhappiness, of guilt, of continual finding yourself without the right answers and feeling lost and in despair and hopeless. In Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. People need hope. And this world does not offer that hope. And the leadings of the devil certainly do not, do not offer that hope. The hope that everyone needs, the fulfilling hope, the lasting hope, the true hope, the hope of a new life and ultimately eternal life in Christ comes through him comes through his gospel message of salvation. In just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us. And you can receive for free that Bible study that will lead you through God's word to that hope. And that hope is communicated to you through the church. We hope to hear from you right away.